On this episode, we're speaking with one of the original turntablists, J-Rock. Born Jason Jackson, J-Rock began DJing in the mid-80s with California group PSK. In 1992, he founded the Beat Junkies, a DJ crew comprised of talented musicians with Melo D and Rhettmatic. Soon after forming, the Beat Junkies became a seminal force in the rise of instrumental hip-hop and the growth and development of LA's hip-hop DJ culture. He also hosted Adventures in Stereo on 90.7 FM KPFK for six years. Highly recognized for his funky showcases and original arrangements, J-Rock has a significant place in LA music history. He has recently released his second full-length producer album, A Wonderful Letter. Enjoy the show. No, I start off every uh, podcast with every guest, uh, no matter how well-known or or not known they are, by asking them, um, you know, how and where did they grow up? You know, what music were the adults in your life playing? Uh, and how did you first get introduced to introduced to music? Okay, all right. We starting now then? Yeah, no, that's oh, it. Right. That was <laughs> it. That was it. Um, well, the first, what did you, first you were saying, how did I get into music? Yeah, like so, so yeah, so the adult, like your parents, the adults, and you're like, what music were they listening to? How did you like? What was that first moment when you heard something and you're like, oh, I'm into this? Well, um, the thing is, my parents, they were into music. Um, they were hanging out. They were in from Connecticut, Bridgeport, mm-hmm. Connecticut. So mm-hmm. they were hanging out with a lot of the jazz musicians that would come to town. Oh, okay. So they were already. My dad's heavily into Horace Silver and and Herbie Hancock, wow. and Horace okay. and Miles okay. Davis and stuff. Okay. And my mom, you know, usual Smokey Robinson, mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. Teddy P. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. The, the usual. And then the yeah. sister was in the parliament. And she had a boyfriend. Oh, okay. Okay. Boyfriend that liked the Bootsy and he had all the blow fly. <laughs> Benny Rowell. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He had all that. So, yeah. I, I mean, I got all of that. And cousins mm-hmm. had Prince mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and they had all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but as a little kid, I was already into music. Like, mm-hmm. as a, you know, that was what my parents could do to make me not cry or yeah. be yeah. quiet for a little bit. Uh-huh. So, I was, they already knew, like, Oh, he likes music. Put on the new Diana Ross record and he'll be quiet mm-hmm. for a little mm-hmm. bit. So they would take me like five, six years old record shopping. Wow. Like, yeah, I'd get, you know, a bunch of 45s. And um, so that, that I was I was around music, but I was already trying to buy my own music. by okay. Cameo. And uh-huh. I was already trying to buy all that stuff, even before hip hop or really that. Yeah, wow. I was buying whatever was out. And what? Um, and so you grew up in Orange County. I grew up in OC, uh, Santa Ana, Huntington Beach, Tustin. Okay, like so Anaheim. the people's part of OC. Yeah, yeah, yeah around, yeah, around yeah. those areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only shady part was HB because yeah. that was like that was highlight. That was the high days of skinheads and yeah, like oh man, that was a uh, I had to experience that you know, but I didn't you know I was still. You still did your thing. Yeah, I was yeah. still I was yeah. the only black kid DJ, and oh man, oh wow. So that gave me a pass. Also, uh, like, oh man, he's bad on the turntables, yeah. okay. man. Okay. Don't mess with him. He, <laughs> he DJ the house party. So I was like, if the Mexican gang wanted to sweat yeah, me, I yeah. knew somebody from over there. If, uh-huh. the, if the skinhead dudes wanted, oh no, nah, he's cool, man. Let him yeah. go, man. He, yeah. So I was already in the mix with all the people, different giant, different races, and different. Right. 
everybody was nice. already down with nice. the music. So nice. What's the first record you bought with your own money? Probably Cameo. Really? Or something like yeah, okay. Cameo Fill Me album or something. Uh-huh. Nights of the Sound Table. Uh-huh. One of those albums. 80, right, right. 81, 82. I see, I see. Old enough to buy, you know, here's some money, little Jason. Go uh-huh. go buy a record with, right. you, with this money. So I would, <laughs> you know, go, I, want, I heard on KJLH and, and they would, or K-Ace, and right. I would sing the song. Right. And they like, oh, little man. Right. Well, how's he know this music? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny, that's you, funny. You're too young to be singing Aqua Boogie. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's interesting because that was pre- uh, 80, like that album, that's pre hip hop. Is because Uncle Jam's album, Army is around, but there's no like hip hop, hip hop. No, no hip hop, hip hop yet. Yeah, no, no, not until Rapper's Delight. Okay, so okay. when I first heard that on probably whatever station, K Day, it was the end of it. Was it was it? Yeah, that was like, ooh, well, what is this music? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. As a kid, like I actually didn't hear Rapper's Delight for a long time. Mm. But I would hear my uncles and cousins saying the lyrics. And I used to be like, what poem is that? Like everybody and they would just people would just randomly start singing. I'd be like, what what is like what like what poem is this? Everybody knew them lyrics. Yeah. Everybody. And uh and then I then I heard the record and I was like, oh my head exploded because I did I didn't know it was a record. Yeah. Uh, because it was you know, it was just something people um Recite it, uh, especially the last verse of chicken. It. Yeah, the chicken <laughs> tastes like wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, yeah, yeah. All fifteen minutes. Yeah, you knew, yeah. You knew the whole song, <laughs> right? I was like, man, this is like, this is a, this is a whole thing. Um, so, how'd you pick up? How'd you pick up DJing? I think just seeing or, or hearing. I, I think seeing. I think I, my first experience would have to be probably um, seeing Uncle Jam's Army on Venice Beach. Oh, and they were DJing on the okay, beach, and I okay. just remember hearing the show, yeah, and seeing somebody yeah, scratching. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Ooh, what is it? What are they doing?" Wow, on the but it, I mean, I heard Rocket. You know, mm-hmm. I was already right, trying that to was figure out what Herbie Hancock was doing. Yeah, so I, I was kind of getting it, but I didn't understand. As far as I knew, DJing was. Uh, the guy on the radio. Hey, yeah. this is such and such yeah, coming yeah, up next. Yeah, That's yeah, what I thought yeah, DJ yeah, was. Yeah, or the, or the uh, Midnight Storm mm-hmm. on KJZ. I have this ongoing discussion with uh, Mona Lisa. Oh, yep. About where the first person, you know, where the first set of people used two turntables in LA. Mm. She maintains that it was at a uh, club off of Western and Manchester, Ooh. where. Um, where they would have pop locking contests and that the person you know it would be because I, I remember the sign I was old enough to read like I remember they would be like you know fifty dollars prize money for a pop locking contest and you know it would always be glitter on it or, yeah. or, or or gold or silver and I remember the I remember the place she's talking about but of course I wasn't old enough to go in so I don't know where's the first place you saw someone on like two turntables like really oh, yeah, like Venice Beach still experience. Venice Beach with yeah, Uncle Jams yeah. I mean I saw um, I think around that at that time there probably had to be Buffalo Gals was out, Malcolm McLaren, and on yeah. their record they had turntables uh, on the okay. back cover. Yeah. So I remember yeah. seeing those and you know what are these? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean the first time I really saw somebody doing something was probably mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Venice Beach mm-hmm. experience. And then uh, and then you start gigging house parties. Yeah, that was wow. it exactly. And when you start, I'm so curious about this um, because now like. You know, by the time I started spinning, there were books and videos. Yeah. You know, you didn't have to figure anything out. But like, 
how did you even learn how to like trial and use error the mixer and know like oh this is how it's supposed to sound like how did you how did any of that come to you just hearing uh at least at that point we had um traffic jams on k-day okay so you would hear and then k-ace had um a saturday mix show and okay oh KJLH i see. had I see. a saturday mix show so you would hear the mixes but of course you didn't know how to do them so i would just I had a realistic mixer and mm -hmm. try to figure it out and try a lot of trial and error. And then I actually had a couple homies that were DJs also in my okay. area. Okay. So they helped me, I you see. know, figure I it see. out. Older dudes that would come out here oh, and buy okay. records. Like I always hung out with older kids, even okay. when I was like 13, 14. All my friends mm -hmm. were 18, 19. 20 and all that. Let me just spit my gum out real quick. <laughs> but one thing I, I don't want to minimize, though, is the amount of time and effort and practice it takes yeah. to get no, it was all even good, let alone great. Mark doesn't even know this, but I tried I tried my hand. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> A friend of mine, shout out to Tommy Black. He was uh, the DJ at uh, Project Bloat. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, I was in his garage. He was trying to teach me, and I, I, I was trying to do it for a few weeks. It's just not my skill set, and <laughs> I learned how to pick that up very quickly. Um, but it takes a lot of practice and being able to listen and have great timing, and your hand being able to move with that time. Yeah. The same way you hear it, your hand has to move at the same time. That's a it took heavy a while. skill. It didn't, didn't, wasn't overnight. Definitely mm -hmm. wasn't an overnight skill. But I had a lot of, like I said, I had a lot of homies that were around at those times, mm -hmm. and I was mm -hmm. able to watch them. I wasn't old enough to go to the club with them that they DJed, but yeah, you know, they would definitely be at the house parties also. Yeah, I would able. You know, be able to get on early. Okay. And, oh, Open little up. Jason, yeah. go get on. Little okay. man, little Jason, go ahead, little Jason. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, and yeah. I would get on, do my little thing. Oh, he, he, he bad. He uh -huh. gonna be bad. Uh -huh. You know, so I got, I got love like that, but I didn't get no love as far as like DJing with them. I wasn't a part of their crews. Right. Or, you right. Know, I, I was just starry eyed, like these guys, these guys are the best in Santa Ana, or mm -hmm. these guys mm -hmm. are the best. Like, actually, the funny thing is, the people that, were the the guys that were supposed to rap Boys in the Hood by uh, Easy E and all them? H yeah, they were called HBO. Yeah, and uh, they actually were living in Santa Ana. Oh, okay. And okay. they were the D. They were bad. Like the rapper was bad, and the DJ was super bad. So they were actually somebody. And so was Dre involved or no? Dre. See, the thing is, Dre. I had a uh, one of my buddies back then. His sister actually went out with Dre mm. back in 84, 85. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And her names are all on the world-class record group with yeah. special thanks to Juanita. Yeah, like, yeah. That was his lady in Orange County. I see. So he would always come out to OC. Oh. And OC had, we still had our thing. You know, Easy e was always out there shopping at South Coast Plaza or right, something. Right, So we still had, we had a lot of love from L.A. at that mm -hmm, point at mm -hmm. our party. So he would come out and... He probably saw them a few times. I see. I was like, oh, I these see. guys are bad. Because they were heroes of Santa Ana at that time. Uh -huh. They were definitely the guys like, I see. yo, you got to go here. HBO, yeah. they bad, wow. you know. So, wow. Yeah, it was. So they, those that was like what I was seeing around. And uh -huh. like, man, uh -huh. Rodney O and Joe Cooley and 
so 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 um and then i have a weird question for you so the hbo guys did any of them ever become none after that that dre thing i think that just discouraged them well yeah because that was that was probably we're not doing it but i could see them not we're not doing no cruising in no six four we yeah we New York. We want to rap about some graffiti. Oh, they were so, from New York. Yeah, they were New York oh, cats. So they okay, were like, no, okay, we ain't okay. rapping about this stuff. Yeah, no, I, 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 I can remember in the in the mid '80s, all the rappers in LA were from New York. Yeah, and they yeah. only wanted to talk about New York, and so you would be like, well, one of the reasons why World Class Wrecking Crew and then later NWA hit so hard is because they were actually talking about things that you knew. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other rappers would just be like, I don't. Like we don't do graffiti in alleys. We're not catching the subway. Right. right like, yeah, like we you know, and even the fat laces and all that, that was I mean, we did it, but it wasn't an LA. Out here was thing. bomber jackets. Yes, yes. We yes. had bomber jackets. That was yeah. the LA thing. Yeah. So New York jacket. rappers were coming here to record? They were record, but you know how it is in the hood, like in the neighborhood, like so like your friend down the street, his cousin comes for the summer. Yep. from New York. He knows how to rap. Nobody else raps. I remember this kid oh, on I the see. block had a... Uh, he said, yeah, nobody knows, knows how to rap. Yeah, like, time, nobody yeah. in LA knew how to rap. I mean, we listened to it, but yeah. nobody knew how to rap. And I remember this kid, his name was Cito Brooks. And he had the name buckle. Oh, know, okay. Buckle with the, yeah. And he was the only... Like, I'd never seen that in person. Like, I'd only seen it on records or yeah. on TV or whatever. So we just thought he was like... And he was a good rapper. But he, it had nothing to do with LA. It wasn't relatable. No, it wasn't relatable at all. And so when NWA came out, it was just yeah, like, was they it. can rap and <laughs> they're talking about things we understand and right, about right. see every day. Yeah, even more than like the world class wrecking crew, because they those records were just, they were just kind of party records. Dance yeah, records, dancing right? records. Yeah, yeah they, they weren't, want you to dance. Yeah, it was like they give you instructions, you know. Catch, catch. We're going to be catch, catch. Right, right, right. We're going to do the fly. Right, right. Almost like the cha-cha-cha record, you know what I mean? Or uh, true, yeah. Or the wobble. Like, that's kind of how those records were. Oh, I see. They were just, they were really long, so you put a record on and it would stay on for 12, 15 minutes. And it it was up-tempo, and then periodically somebody would come on and tell you what to do in kind of a DJ voice. And that was the record. That was it. So that's Uh, like, what, the mid-80s? Yeah, uh, this is yeah mid '80s, early '80s, like '82, '83, and it really is Ice T and yep. Ice T kind of came out of the Uncle Jam's army, and um, uh, and then NWA after that. Um, so uh, it's interesting. Did you ever know General Jeff? Yeah. Okay. I sure did. Okay. Man, okay. Bless the, God bless him. Yeah. Man. Rest yeah. in peace. I I saw I would see. So I'm on city council, so General Jeff became a homeless activist. Yeah. So he would be in city council like every week, and I would be like, "Who is this?" this guy yeah, I was like, "He looks familiar," <laughs> and he would be like General Jeff, and I was like, "I know you weren't in the military." So like, and finally one day he comes up to me, he's like, "Hey, bro, I want you to do a favor for me," and I was like, "Sure, whatever." And he's like, "I want to. This is the 30th anniversary or the 40th anniversary of Uncle Jam's army. I want you to." to mm. honor Uncle Jam's army. And I was like, of course, like, are you kidding me? Like, I, of course I will do it. And I was like, then I was like, but Jeff, like, what do you have to do with Uncle Jam's army? <laughs> and then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh you're that's that why gen- you're yeah. General Jeff. You're right? General you're, Jeff. <laughs> you're General for the Uncle Jam's army. So yeah, rest in peace to General, General Jeff. He's a big, uh, big, a big, big influence in early hip hop. And also, which he doesn't get a lot of credit for. Uh, really doesn't get a lot of credit for, but also, you know, one of the main homeless activists. I think a lot of that, um, 
early LA stuff doesn't get the credit it should get. You know? Yeah, like I think it. I think everything just starts with NWA and, right. and everything from there is LA West Coast. Like we, the only people that I know that's still doing is I always have to say Egyptian Lover. He's one yep. of the. the yep. The he was super there at the, He came to City Hall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he and, and he's still making music. He and, does. That's true. And he started in '84, '83. Yeah. You know, making music. So I. Yeah. But he, he was dominant. Yeah, like he would have like three of the top five songs every night on K Day. He was. <laughs> he is definitely like. The one that's still keeping his legacy alive mm -hmm, and keeping mm -hmm. his name, but we don't hear enough about the General Jeffs or mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. World Class Wrecking Crew. You right, know, a lot. right, 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 or right. You don't even know Ice T. Some people know the Six in the Morning, but yeah, you know that whole record label that he was on. Um, the guy named Unknown DJ, mm -hmm. and he's just like he's definitely one of those guys that um, you don't you can't read nothing about. Mm -hmm, so I. Mm -hmm. I I look online all the time. I try to, for stuff. Yeah, I try to Google stuff. I try to, like, it's just the history that I want to learn so much. Like, I even consider, like, man, I just need to write a book. Well, it, it. I mean, I, somebody needs to write a book because like, it won't get the history will die if no one does. Yeah. In your uh, opinion, why do you think the history has been so elusive? I think it's really comes down to like when you talk to these guys, they always say, "I'm writing my own book." And then that's it. You don't. And then they don't want to really tell their story, unless it's their book, and they feel like maybe they're going to get ripped off or they're not going to make the money. And and you they. Know, it, I don't know. It's a lot of weird. those guys feel like they never got what they should have gotten. Mm. And so, like people, like I, I give you an example of a record where I know the guy didn't make any money, but it was a huge record. It was Toddy T the Battery? Oh yeah, huge. Toddy T was a massive record. Huge. And if you look at that record and you look at the underlying credits, you know he didn't get paid. Mm -mm. And then along come these other dudes who have records that are not nearly as big or good, and they make tons of money. And so when you go to him and say, hey, tell your story, he's probably like, pay me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not doing it for free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And exactly. there were a lot of records like that, like, you know, um, you know Bobby Jimmy and the Critters. Oh my goodness, man! Did they, that's you can't even get that stuff on. Um, no, iTunes you can't stream title. it or anything. None of it. You like, can get roaches. I'm like, I don't want to hear roaches. roaches. Like that wasn't even. Yeah, that was not their good record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's a, exactly. That's another group that, mm -hmm. that that is super forgotten about. Yeah. And Russ Parr is still doing yep. it. And he's syndicated. Oh, Russ Parr is still doing stuff. Yeah, okay. he's syndicated on the radio. Oh, you wow. hear him in Texas. You can okay. hear him in like South. In the South, he's real big. Oh, like, wow. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't know that. But I don't know if he still does Bobby Jimmy or anything. Right, right. But, you know, characters. he's super big. And, uh -huh. like, you don't, no one knows that. Yeah. No one knows about Bobby Jimmy. And he, Dr. Dre even produced a Bobby mm -hmm. Jimmy in the Critters mm -hmm. record. So. Well, that's just it, too. Like, even in, to your question, Siobhan, even when they did the NWA biopic, they didn't really tell Dre's mm -hmm. history. Because, no, because Dre, before, like, they, by the time they start, they introduce you in the story, Dre's already huge yeah. in L.A. Like, he's the biggest, easily the biggest DJ, but he had already done the World Class Wrecking Crew, and the World Class Wrecking Crew, this is how big they were, the World Class Wrecking Crew and Uncle Jam's Army used to rent out the sports arena on alternating yep. weeks. 10,000. And fill it up. Alternating weeks? Alternate, like... 
this Saturday would be World Class Rocky Creek, and the next Saturday would be Uncle Jam's Army. And they would fill it up every week. Every week. See, that's a part of L.A. history that I wish, because I wasn't born. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm always upset that I can't just easily find that information. Even when I go online, you can Google away, and a lot of stuff doesn't come up. Like what you just said. I've Mm -hmm. never Mm -hmm. seen an interview people talking about it. I've never read an article, uh, you know, expressing any of this. So this is new information for me, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, we're try- I do my best to get it out, but I do think... I mean, that's we why gotta, we do this. <laughs> we got to get a book written, documentary made, something. Like, we got to do it. Well, I think when you... Uh when you when you gave um, when you hooked up Uncle Jam's army, mm-hmm. I think that really shined a light on them okay. because then right after that, Red Bull did that whole that's documentary right. That's right. That's on them, right. right. and you know, so that really helped out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, these guys, what Uncle Jam's yeah. army? So you can still find out a little bit, but there's so much stuff that man, it's just so sad. You yeah, know, that, you that you can't just read people. And people. New York is, I can pick up a book and read about every scene in New York, every club in New York I could read about the clubs and but LA I can't read about any it. of it yeah I'm like yeah. man yeah. and there's actually a I gotta look up the name of the the newspaper I have it in my phone but there was a paper periodical that was given out really? out here in Los Angeles and it was um I'm gonna look it up but wow it, it, it's I think the place burned down uh-huh. that, that that published it that published yeah. it uh-huh. but it was in the 70s and wow. early 80s, uh-huh. it was the neighborhood newspaper. Mm-hmm. They had all the clubs in there. They wow. had all the top chart music and all the record stores. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can't find them. I have a guy, yeah. a buddy in Chicago, and he, that's his hobby now. Like, oh, I look for these. Oh, okay. I don't okay. buy records anymore. He's like, he's uh-huh. a big record nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't buy records anymore. I'm buying these L.A. periodicals. Wow. They're like, man, you live in Chicago. What you mean with this stuff? <laughs> he's like, oh, J-Rock, this is... And then he would talk about it, and then he just let me look at him for, like... I was just amazed by it. And I started taking pictures of it. Wow. But it's... Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's just sad, because I, I actually, when I come out... Or when I drive around in, in, in the city and stuff, I always look for thrift stores. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I always go to these thrift stores hoping to run into them. Like, I'll go to Rhodium sometimes yeah, and hope to run yeah. into them. But, yeah, it's, man, it's so inter- much history. It, it is. You know, it's interesting. I wonder how much this is happening. But we ha- I have two thrift stores in, mm. in my district. But get this, Jay. They both stopped selling records. And I went to one, and I was like, what do you mean I can't buy records anymore? Because they have great collections. And, uh, um, you know, there are different type of record shops. There's the ones where the person running it knows what they have. Yeah, and yeah. And then the other one it's is over. just... And then the other one is somebody's just trying to get rid of stuff. Like, you want $2? Sure, take it. Like, um, But they were like, yeah, we only open for tour groups. Uh, and I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, we get busloads of people from Japan, Germany, you know, different countries... And we open it up for them, and they come in, they spend whatever, and we shut down and wait for them to come back. Uh, oh, wow. So it's a yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. So one of the magazines is called Nothing But the Truth. Wow. And it's just um, it just tells you about all the nightclubs going on in L.A. and what live bands and 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 the funny wow. thing with these magazines are, or not even magazines, but these periodicals are. Back then, it was all about the bartender. 
come and really? come and meet Mac tonight. Really? Mac is on the on the bar. What are you about to DJ? It feels wow. like our uh, Mac wow. is bartending with Felicia. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. They went to the bar for that. They weren't going to the bar for the music yet. And it was all live bands. And it's just it's crazy just these periodicals and you just don't see them anywhere. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna look this up too because this is at 3828 West. <laughs> like, no, that's my district. That's in my district. Like, that's all your district. Yeah, yeah, like the Stepping Stones and uh, you can just scroll. It's funny, I mean, like it's 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 a day party too. People act like day parties are new. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of day parties in these things. Yeah. Like. But that's what that's what I'm that's and that inspires me. Yeah, like looking for that type of stuff yeah. and being like, man, there's so much history out here. In Los no, Angeles. we gonna we gonna find that uh, now that Rhonda's here. I want you to look at this and see if you ever seen this publication. Oh, there's another one. Another yeah. that one's called Nothing But the Truth. But there's another one, another one oh, called the. It's called the source or something. I'm gonna look for it and I'm gonna show you guys wow. it. But right? I've been looking for. <laughs> oh, wow. We're all geeking out here. You know, you can't see us, but we're all like. Crazy this is he has LA a big, history. This is yeah. Stuff you do not. If it wasn't for my friend in Chicago, that you would even know nerds this. out and yeah. wants to buy this type of stuff. I would never, ever, ever, ever wow. have heard about this. If you can, um, oh, you anything? Yeah, you send need. Me. <laughs> yeah no, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna find those. We're gonna find yeah. that publication. I'm gonna let like, you guys. Yeah, yeah, you guys might be the key that I need. <laughs> have you tried blackmail vintage? I've black looked everywhere. Black like vintage? No, I haven't tried, but I've looked everything online. I've yeah. like Google, DuckDuckGo, Bing. That's like, that's like a challenge for me. It's just yeah, no, she will find. She will find it. Like I, Rhonda will find one it. One of my friends, Brian, was saying that there's a, um, a black library or something somewhere. Oh, the black archive. Yes. In the LA County yeah. Library. Yes, there we yes. go. He said they might, yeah. he yeah. said they, they might have it. He said they might have it. They might have it, and then the city of LA might, because the city of LA has an archivist, right? They do. Yeah, the city of LA might have oh, they, they don't microfilm. Archive. Yeah, like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> the Bill Brew Library, I thought. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. 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 They yeah. have a lot of stuff. Yes. There was a collector right in Lambert Park, and I used to rifle through all of his paper. He passed away. I had. Mm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Brian. Mm. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Every Jet magazine. Mm. He had green books by the. Mm. So we have individuals that have been collecting. Yes. And keeping and have some of this history. That's that's really interesting because I wish we could like find like his archives for example, and keep hold of that someplace so we can have our you know we're gonna find it like yeah. i'm just now now that ronda's on it it will be found we're gonna find all of them so every copy so let's let's uh fast forward a little bit um you're the father of the progenitor of the world famous beat junkies yes, yes, uh yes. certainly the the Dean of uh, DJ Cruz so in the country, certainly here in West Coast. In the West Coast is big part of what makes LA to me the best DJ city in the, in the world. Thank you. Uh, is the world famous Beat Junkies? How does that come about? How do you, how does that take shape? Goes back to what we were talking about before: K Ace, K Day, KJLH. You know, hearing the DJs and and at least by the late 80s early 90s you wanted to be in a crew uh-huh you know right. so wanted to start a dj crew and i met you know Melody, d i met curse i met red matic and i started meeting all these other oh red matic was one of the original yes yes so okay. i met i met all these guys djing parties okay um out here in la and we had a guy named his name was um joey and he threw these parties called junk 
mm-hmm. and he would hire them at first. Mm-hmm. And then I knew some some girls that I went to um, uh, junior college with. I was like doing, I was out there and doing my little. I gotta do college and go, and mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna be DJ. Where'd you Where'd you go to junior? Just OCC. OCC. Okay. Like, I'm gonna go to OCC. Yeah. And I'm gonna transfer and you know, <laughs> all that whole scheme. So, yeah. Um, but I knew some 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 ladies there, and they were dancers. Mm-hmm. And they were, oh, we going to LA. They would go to oh, we went to Uncle Jam's last night. And they mm-hmm. they would always tell me. I know them forever, but then. What, at some point, they start talking about these junk parties, and mm-hmm. you need to go. And, oh. and so I went, and then I was like, "Oh, those DJs ain't no good." And so <laughs> then they would tell them, "Oh, he said y'all whoop whoop." And then it kind of was like, "Oh, J Rock and uh, Red Matter, we go okay. battle." It wasn't a battle per se, but, but it, was, it was a competition. You know, it was yeah. like, "Oh, a little he, friendly rivalry." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he ain't rocking it. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> but then we both were rocking it. Yeah. So you can't hate on each other if we both rocking it. Yeah. Like, hey, man. Woo, all right, all right. Okay. And then we all just became, you know, it was hard to find homies that were DJing and good DJs at mm-hmm. that. So we just started clicking even more and more. Like all my other DJ homies, they stopped DJing. Uh, all the guys I grew up with that were DJing. I see. All those guys stopped or uh, we're not DJing no more. And I was like, nah, man, I'm stay- I'm DJing still. Right, I'm sticking right. with There was no... Um, career yet? Yeah, it right. You couldn't make a living. Yeah, it was yeah. no like, yeah. oh, you go tour. Yeah, or, you know the goal was you DJ for a group. Right. Oh, and I see. I you see. Can I see. Tour with the group. I see. Or, but there was no DJ in the club. Mm. So where was junk? Where, the, where was junk? Was club? just uh, it was just various spots. Oh, out it was here just anyway. LA. Okay, yeah, Palace or oh, okay Florentine Gardens or I see. some little hole in the wall rented downtown. Uh huh. Like, I see. Yeah, so it was everywhere. It was never at a main spot. And where does, because you made me think of this when you said DJing for a group, where does uh, Battle Cat oh, intersect with this? He's story? the best. Battle Cat is, he's just, Battle Cat's just the best. Yeah, we're going to have Battle Cat on. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was telling me, yeah. she was like, can you get, I was like, Battle Cat is there already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah, oh no, Battle, Battle Cat. Battle Cat is the man. Battle Cat, well, Battle Cat, I remember Cat hearing him on K Day. He was one oh, of the that's later. True. He was, he was on one of the later Traffic Jam mix masters. Yeah. But by then, I was already DJing. Okay. So it wasn't. He wasn't necessarily like the guy I was listening to for influence. I see. But he was definitely the guy I was listening to. Like, oh, he's a bad mofo. Yeah. 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 Whoever this Battle Cat dude is, you know. Okay. But and he was in a couple of DJ battles, and so you got to see him. Um, on a, he's on a ni- 1990 DJ battle. Yeah. Like skinny, wearing a tie-dye, looking like yeah, he was that. listening to Grateful Dead. You're like, that's Battle Cat? <laughs> <laughs> that's not the Battle Cat That's I not know. the Battle Cat. <laughs> I know wearing ponchos and stuff. Right, right, yeah, right, right. but... You wear a poncho now. No, so uh, Battle Cat, just, he's just one of those L.A. dudes. Yeah. I said, but he... He's like Egyptian lover. Like, he kept it moving. Like, mm-hmm. there's a few West Coast... Quick is one of those dudes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, there's a few West Coast cats that still like do it and they've been effed by the industry and Mm -hmm. like no one wants to sign them but they still do it they Mm -hmm. still do it Mm -hmm. for the love and Mm -hmm. you're not going to stop them Mm -hmm. in the studio making music and still support other producers younger producers and Uh, artists that's the only way but that's the only way you can keep your 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 finger on the pulse you Mm -hmm. can't be like the old grouchy dude like ah boo they don't make music like I used to make like even George Clinton is somebody that accepted the new and still tours and still Mm -hmm. messes with the younger generation and Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it it just you have to do that you have and Battle Cat is one of those guys that definitely always kept his hands on the pulse and 
and he messes with the younger. If you if you talk to the younger kids, you have to. You just that's as any artist, as a DJ, as anything to do with music, you have to like. You can't go to the club playing the old stuff always, yeah. you know. And yeah. Like I've I've had that experience where I've DJed and like, don't you got some new DJ? <laughs> like, oh man, I'm messing up up here, boss. <laughs> like I've had that. You yeah. Know? So yeah. It's yeah. Like, nah, and it moves really really quickly, like. You can like not, I just so when I ran for office, the people told me like, "Hey, you shouldn't really DJ because we don't really want photos of you DJing to come up after you finish." Man, after he's got you my vote easy. Yeah, right. I was like, actually, I think a lot of people. Oh, controversial. Vote. He's a DJ. Right, right. And you play. They'd be like, "You played this record or that record," and they were like, "After you win, you can do what you want." Well, when I went to the club after I won, and my race was like a year. I, I was like, I don't know any of this. I oh yeah, like yeah. I don't know what's happening it here. Changes like, so quick. Yeah, like it, it was just like, like it was just like overnight. It it uh it dramatically. And changed. I can imagine that's even faster with the internet. Oh boy. And how much music you know comes out and from well, everywhere so quickly. Well, once uh, and only DJs in the audience will appreciate this part. Once you had Serato and you could download. That's a wrap. On the spot. Like if, if, so for instance, if J-Rock's DJing and I walk up to him and say, hey, can you play this? In the old days, it used to be that he had to have that physical record. And if he didn't have the physical record, he actually said, go to a store and find it, buy it, put it in his thing and come back. So you're talking a month before you would actually <laughs> right. hear the record. Yep. Now he can be like, oh, I don't have it on my hard drive. Bloop, 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 bloop. Right. Stream right and it's right there. Um, so it's you know like Beyonce put out that record last night or the Friday. night before, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, like on Twitch, DJs were playing it the next morning. Yeah. Like that would have never happened before. No. Like yeah. yes. and they were and people had remixes already, and it's like crazy. Right. Uh, so it's it's um, music moves fast. Yeah, and being, culture moves fast. Being someone who started in the mid '80s or early '80s. Could you have possibly envisioned DJing becoming no. what has become? Not even close. So you could you yeah, literally you had to start with the happen? love, not yeah, even with this D vision of it being a career. DJ for a group. Oh, that's what that was your or a DJ was, on the radio. Yeah, like I knew since since I knew about the mix masters and okay, that's all the case and yeah. all that. I just thought, hey, I'm gonna get a job on KJLH, baby, or oh, okay, you know, okay, hire me, Stevie Wonder, kindness, joy, love, and happiness. Yeah, I know it yeah, all. You know, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. I was ready for him. So I see. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh huh. Like, oh, uh -huh. I'm do the Saturday night 8 yeah. p.m. Mix. 8 p.m. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. what I was thinking as far as DJing wise. Yeah. yeah. I never really thought of being able to travel to even New York to DJ. Really? And so how did it develop? When does it when does it crack? Like when do you go like wait a minute like I'm 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 booked in Helsinki. Like Probably the Beat Junkies. <laughs> oh, when the Beat Junkies. start Beat Junkies cuz uh -huh. that's when DJing starting to elevate more mm -hmm. and more. So mm -hmm. they have a competition. Yeah, start yeah, exactly. The competitions are happening and world we're traveling to London mm -hmm. to do a battle or like right when we started really doing that. What year, and what year is that? 93, like 94. Okay. okay. Yeah, we started about 92, but then uh, about 93, 94, 95 is when we really started pushing ourselves and okay. entering DJ battles. So by 97, 98, we were traveling because of the DJ battles. I see. You know, I we see. in the battle there, wherever the. Uh, we're going to Italy and we're going to host and do a I performance. So mm -hmm. we're going to go mm -hmm. to New York and do a performance. So that was like the beginning 
of being able to travel as far as that stuff, but like DJing, DJing, that was took a little while to to, to heat up. Yeah, the uh, DJing is the only thing in hip hop culture where LA cats can go to New York and still uh, and represent at a yeah. high level because uh, New York does not represent. Uh, so when do you get to um, when do you get to Stone's Throw? Right when it begins. Oh, I already really? knew Wolf from. Oh, okay. So I at some point I start doing. Um, well, I got shout out Poetess and the Wake Up Show. So yeah. we started Beat Junkies. We started getting a little love on LA radio because yep. of I the battles. That. So yeah. you know, like they'd have Julio G would have me and Mello on, or yeah. Wake Up Show might have Babu on yeah. one week and have us on, have me on another week. Mm-hmm. So we started getting a little love from all these these uh, stations, and um, that that that's what really just made it all happen for us. And um, Oh man, I forgot. The you question. said you knew Wolf. I asked you so yeah, Stone yeah, Stonestone. Yeah. So yeah, um, as far so we did all those things, and then at some point, um, the Baker Boys ah uh, the Baker Boys. heard me okay. DJing at a spot, and they were like, "This mofo is bad. We yeah. want him on our stuff." So I started doing Friday Night Flavors, oh. and then from there I met Wolf. Like he would send the records mm-hmm. and. Okay. So he okay. was like, oh, I can play whatever Stone Stone. Mm-hmm. So I, the first couple records he would send. And when he came out here, we just, you know, became buddies and um, hanging out. And then that was I it. See. And so did you go with Baker Boys on to the morning? No, no, no. I was okay. only Friday Night Flavors. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was Friday nights with them. And then they left. And then we continued it with uh, Mr. Chalk, C- mm-hmm. and oh, okay. Truly All. Yeah. We kept okay. it going. Okay. So you've made this uh, new album, yep. uh, which, uh, spoiler alert, everybody, uh, he J-Rock actually raps on it in addition to doing yep. the mixing. I do one, one hidden rap. Hidden yeah, rap. no, it, it's, and it's, it's solid. It's, it's respectable. Thank uh, you. Um, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> you did a respectable job, J-Rock, on that rap. <laughs> like, I had to run it back. I was like, wait, I was like, wait, what? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, thank you. Um, but it's called A Wonderful Letter. Yep. Tell us, uh, you know, what the record's about and uh, why there's a picture of <clears throat> L.A. pre pre industrial Los Angeles uh, map uh, it's, cartography um, map. It's it, it's really a it start, it's really a letter to first it's a letter for L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, O.C.L.A. Um, C.A. California. It's a, it's a letter for all of that, and then a letter to the listener mm-hmm. for you know for the people. But I really want to to shine just a little light on L.A. Just mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. saying where I'm where I'm at and what's going on out here and make mm-hmm. you feel like a little bit of L.A. when you listen to it. Um, but, yeah, that was really, it was just the, more of a dedication to L.A. Mm-hmm. for the most part, just for accepting me and for, you know, I'm being able to even put out a record. You yeah. Know, then yeah. people even being interested in buying it or mm-hmm. any of that. So it, it's, just, it's a blessing to be able to do that. So, yeah, it's just a letter to... My fans into L.A. Nice. at the end of the day. And it definitely sounds like L.A. Yeah. Like yeah. All I the tried clips, to. all of the samples. It was really brilliant, honestly. I thank you so much. I tried. I really, I, I dug. I was really digging and going through the records and looking for you everything. You together a lot. I, I, <laughs> if you could see the mess on the floor, <laughs> I still ain't cleaned up. But, yeah, I, it's just, uh, I felt like I needed to do something yeah. like that. You know? Yeah. And I haven't put out a full-length album in a, in a few years. Yeah. I've been just so busy DJing, so I just wanted to, like, I just felt like, you know what, that's a good title. 
And also a wonderful letter could be to J and J Rock. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. The, oh, wow. another wonderful okay. letter, you okay. know. And okay. the, the first letter of your name, M. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. okay. Everybody <laughs> has everybody okay. has a wonderful letter, okay. you know. Okay. So nice. you said um, you know, thank you to LA for accepting me. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because you get it's more you get more than just acceptance. I, I told you the first time I heard you spin was at the do-over. Yeah. And I was honestly not really feeling the love of what I was hearing. Then they announced J-Rock. All of a sudden, it was like a mass crowd. Everybody stopped what they were doing. They yep. were focused on you. Yep. And yep. you killed it. And I was not, I was like, I was like, eh, this is cool. I mean, it's a nice vibe. But then you got up there, and it completely transformed everything. I had the best time. That's probably, that, in fact, I would say that was my favorite night I had ever had there. Mm. And then, I was like I was telling you um, at a, during our pre-interview, it was interesting because I would go out different places that Mark would take me, Boombox, and um, what was the other one at Grand Star? Firecracker. Uh, fire, Firecracker, yeah. all those types of things. And I would go to different spaces, and there were certain names that I would look for because they were the only DJs I liked. Mm -hmm. Turns out, all of them are in the Beat Junkies. There you go, I like Red that. Matic, we Mr. Did a good Chop. Job. I mean, I would go out places, and I would say, oh, Oh, Red Maddox's gonna be here. Mm, I love that. You know, Babu, one of my favorites as well. Yep. Um, it was interesting because I feel like if you aren't, I guess necessarily in that space or in that crowd or in those locations, you don't you kind of missing out because yeah. there's so much richness in what DJing is. You get to really hear it. Like, what is a turntableist? What do they really do? What makes it a skill set? And whenever the any of the beat junkies came out, it was like you really saw it. You saw what a turntable is, is supposed to be. Not just, I'm gonna play a few tracks, not play the song, you know, how some DJs like to play like maybe 30 seconds of a yeah, song. Yeah, you play just a little bit of it. <laughs> I'm guilty of it that time. <laughs> but, you, but you guys, but even if you did that, you were mixing it with something that made it an art. Not just like, oh, now I'm disappointed. I didn't hear no, my song. It was like, oh, I didn't hear my song, but look at what he just did. Yeah, we've learned though. We've just learned, it just goes back to well, I got to make a record for L.A. We all learn from L.A. We all mm -hmm. learn from all the DJs out here, all the K-Day, all the... Every station that I always mention, that, that, that's what we all learned from. Mm -hmm. That was just what... We didn't have VHS. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have some video. All we had was the radio, and you go in trial and error and just try to figure out whatever they were doing. And every beat junkie... Guaranteed, that's all of us. <clears throat> choking up over here. <laughs> no, but uh, every, uh, all of us, every single one of us, definitely learned from. We all take LA, and it's in our blood. It's this every DJ out here that came before us. It's in our blood that we we learned and we looked up to them from the General Jeff mm -hmm. to Joe Cooley, DJ mm -hmm. Aladdin, mm -hmm. Battle Cat. Um, there's so many. There were so many LA DJs on the radio that that every five days a week you could hear a different DJ for 20 minutes do something bad, and then every weekend you would hear three to four hours of some other DJs doing something bad. So it was like, man, this is this is amazing. So you wanted to learn. Yeah, so all of to. us learned that way. Like took the craft seriously. Yeah, we took yeah. the we took the craft seriously, very seriously. And That's LA, why we're it, still doing it. LA had this different vibe on DJing though because I, I remember I went to see Ice Cube at mm. the Avalon and Aladdin opened for him mm, listen to you and <laughs> I was like 
what is Ice Cube doing? Because <laughs> like, Aladdin had like burned the place down. And just all he had was turntables. Like, oh, wow. He oh, just smashed it. And uh, that, that was the first time I was like, oh, like this DJing is a thing. And then I would listen, like then instead of just listening to, you know, K-Day, the mix masters or listening to, I would be like, okay, who's spinning? Like who's, who's, yeah. who's this actual, who's the actual DJ? I wow, remember uh, Ice Cube and Aladdin though. Yeah, like crazy, right? Like, and it, and it was a Latin in his prime, like when he was Jerry the, Curl Aladdin. When, like Jerry Curl Aladdin when he was the DJ for King T. Yeah, like, Jerry Curl gang like, banging Aladdin. That's yeah. The, the, <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's, right? prim, that's prime Aladdin yeah, right there. Yeah. I have, yeah. A, I have a question. So whenever people talk about hip hop um, in New York, especially in the early days, they talk about how the DJ was the star. Mm -hmm. Was that the case in LA? Mm, I wouldn't say it was, but I think it was a little bit with the Uncle Jam's armies and the, yeah, the, the sports arena parties that yeah. you were going because of those DJs. You weren't going because of anything else. You just knew that the DJs at these parties were going to be tearing it down and playing the best music ever and doing mixing that you've never heard of. Like Egyptian Lover is one of the dudes that, that really... Um, he, he he brought the art of DJing to another level back in those days because every DJ in L.A. wanted to DJ like him because mm -hmm. he was doing stuff that playing. He used to play records backwards. backwards. Like he, run it backwards. Yeah, he was yeah. like, and then he would put his fingers on it and like do like walking <laughs> like a moonwalk with his fingers. And, you know, and so he influenced a lot of DJs and I think each DJ took his style and then added their own style to it. And then the next, but so I think every DJ had their own thing. So people started to realize, you know, oh, Uncle Jam's Army does it this way. World-class wrecking crew does, does it this it way. way. Yeah. Uh, this crew, sound masters crew over here, they do it this way. Uh, this crew wears all Fila. They mm -hmm. go play mm -hmm. stuff like this, <laughs> this way. Like the, LA had its scenes and you know, it was, we weren't the DJ wasn't famous famous like they weren't Uncle Jam's army wasn't going to New York to DJ no it was all you know, here it was yeah. just all here and, and they were they were definitely LA famous yeah you know they were LA you may not have heard of them nowhere else but they were LA famous definitely also they made um, just for Siobhan's benefit like those records that you now think of LA as LA records like More Bounce mm. like they're yeah. the ones who made Definitely. those they're the ones who made those records yeah. LA records really Definitely. yeah because they were just records but like they like at a certain point in a, in a party like if you were watching them at a beach or in the park which is the only place I ever saw them like More Bounce was dropping at a certain point and it was just like that was just the record and now like you just you think of you think that record was made for LA and it wasn't mm -mm. like they made it LA definitely wow. and and all those you know there, there's like a, there's like a, a, a coterie of songs that are like that from really early, late 70s early 80s that are all in and those guys made all those records famous here's it here here it is this is when when LA I don't know if you remember when LA there was a time in the early 2000s late 90s when every station was doing old school funk yeah, and they were like yeah, they would play all the yeah, yeah. they would play all the zap and yeah, the cameo yeah, and yeah. the Rick James. Yeah, and yeah, that's all Uncle Jam's army. Yeah, like every yeah, yeah. all that music, all that '80s funk, and yeah. that was everything they played. That there. was the records they played, and yeah. everyone just did the freak. Yeah, they just did a dance <laughs> called the freak. I've heard whole, of the freak. You know, yeah. that's all. That's the only <laughs> dance he knew how to do. That's the only dance he had to do when you went to them. 
<laughs> there was no other dance. You just did the freak. And that was yeah, it. That was it. That was it. The freak. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we could go on all day. Uh, I'm going to wrap us up now with uh, we have a, a part called Lightning Round. All right. Um, that we do. We ask people just take a beat. I ask you the question. You take a beat. You just answer. And, and I'm right. trying to build a compendium of places, things and experiences. Uh, your favorite song that represents South Central? Mm, uh, shoot, you got to say the more bounce. The okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to say that. Yeah. I could just close my eyes yeah. and just yeah. picture the lower but the the lower trucks and the yeah. and the BM the uh, the, the bugs. Nissan trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And the yeah. VW bugs just bumping. Yeah, I'd have to say more bounce. Mm-hmm. Or if it's if it's some LA like hip hop, I'd have to say King T. Yeah. Like early King T. Um, the payback or even bass King yeah. T bass. Oh wow. Stuff you would hear on K Day early yeah. in the morning. Yeah, like those no, records that's... were definitely like real big song. Even Batteram. Yeah, Batteram. Batteram. So, so, these are the, so we do a we do a Spotify playlist every show. Now you got some records you oh, got to yeah. find that you haven't heard. The King T, because yeah, I don't that's even know like, if those aren't streaming though. That's yeah, the I thing. know. Like they're yeah. so independent, right? They were so. The thing with LA was so beautiful was we had two pressing plants yep. out here. We had a place called Rainbow, and we had a place um, called Macola. And um, McCola was the big place where you could go with $400 in your pocket or 500 and have your tape and be like, I want to press a record. And they'd be like, all right, give us your money. And then they would just press your record. And you put a sticker on it? And they, then every, but LA was notorious for it. LA just has- Just doing it. Just doing it. LA has so many little side record labels and little people that just put one record out and this that is it's just so it's so and so a lot of it never got to streaming because these guys are just like oh, i just put one record out nobody wants to hear that you'd be surprised what yeah. youtube has though people. youtube everything is on <laughs> youtube has everything youtube but, is but on you're everything. right you don't stream like for king t like i think the act of fool record yeah. streams but that's it but that's after he gets signed and you know he, he actually probably plateaus yeah he point. has like two or three records yeah. before he even got signed yeah and, like and it's amazing you know there was this dynamic and i know i said we're about to finish but there was this dynamic at that time where by the time the person would get a record deal they were already over yeah or like, the rest of the country finally caught on. Yeah, like the rest of the country fought on, but we were like on, LA was already on to something Moved on else. To something different. Yeah, like because it's like, oh, that already happened. Yeah. I mean, NWA was almost like that. Like if they hadn't blown up so big, they were like, they had, you know, Boys in the Hood, they had put that out two years before they yeah. got a record deal. Oh. A real record deal, I mm-hmm. should say. Um, and that was one of them records where they just went to the McCola place and yep. said, hey, man, Easy e just was like, hey, I got a Boys in Hood record I want to put out. And he just had to give the guy the money. And the guy asked no questions. And they came back probably a week later with 500 records and went to Compton Swap Mall, went to Slauson yep. Swap Mall, went to the parties in the backyard yep. and just sold them out their trunk. Yep. And you could get longest. duplicates made right there on uh normandy and slauson mm. that light blue building like once you had a record pressed you could go make you could go get copies made like if you sold out you get your you could get it duplicated there really yeah no it was it was uh it was quite a thing uh the uh i think i know the answer to this the south la artist producer or dj that has influenced you the most dre all dre, day. really okay okay dr dre he's okay. the number one I think just because he went out with my friend's sister. And <laughs> <laughs> you have a little bias. Yeah, and I have a little bias. But he was the baddest. He was the one yeah. that made me want to buy a four-track 
I oh, really? How, I learned how to make a four-track mix and huh. how to do... Because his tapes were... His Rhodium tapes were yeah. just next-level mixes. And that, that and hearing those growing up, like, how does he do that? How do you feel about how much he's dominated West Coast hip-hop? Like, there are very few West Coast artists that are not Dre. He deserves it. He, yeah. he put in enough work. You know, uh -huh. he, he definitely... If... It, if the proof is in the pudding. He, yeah. He's he's always proved why he's one of the baddest. Mm -hmm. But I think him, just his four-track mixing, the way he did his thing back in the day, mm -hmm. was like definitely one of the guys that I listened to growing mm. up. Like, wow, how do you do this? Wow. This is amazing. I want to learn how to do any Egyptian lover. Yeah. Because just buying his records when I was a kid and, and knowing this is Uncle Jam's army DJ and he's mm -hmm. making records now and his record is just a song about him yeah his name Egypt 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 and, <laughs> Egypt, Egypt. and that's it <laughs> that was the okay. whole record <laughs> <laughs> alright so yeah the, 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 Dre or Egypt are uh -huh. the two that uh -huh. definitely are the guys that I listened to like Egypt I never heard DJ I just knew the records and I knew mm -hmm. the folklore of Uncle Jam's army and mm -hmm. I knew what it was about and Dre as far as like I actually have those tapes and I actually remember hearing him on K-Day and you know wanting to figure out I need to buy a four track machine and I need to learn how to make mixes like that like that's what made me learn how to make crazy like my DJing style is four track mixing style like that's true. it's kind of like yeah. like i'm yeah. trying to do yeah. a lot yeah and but it's that's that's where i got that from it's mm -hmm. just listening to stuff like that interesting yeah um man i have a million questions uh favorite place to listen to music in south la oh man just in the car driving the freeway uh, okay any any of the streets any of the, the 10 the 110 mm -hmm. just, just that's the best or, or or i'd have to say when my boy uh, Ross G was alive, when we would yeah. go to uh, his crib and just and and just listen to like Sun Ra and listen yeah. to our new beats or something new he had or yeah. something I had and and then you know um, even just in the park he had yeah. that little corner yep. he had a little corner he would just hang out at and uh, that was like one of the spots you would also remember listening to a lot of good stuff you know yeah no that was that's definitely like uh, cruising cruising la that's yeah. the only way to listen to music out here. yeah just you gotta, you gotta in the car in the car, car. No, that's, in true. The car. that's true that's true that's that's a particularly la experience all right everybody we got uh j-rock the uh president of the world famous thank Pete you Junkies. for having me thank you so uh, much he's got a new record out called wonderful uh letter we're excited to have him here we're gonna be honoring him for black music month Yippee! Uh, in the city of la so we're gonna give him a big something to put on the wall and a little bit of love from the city. Thank you uh, so much. We can't have a party at City Hall because of COVID, but uh, we go we go give him a rain check on that. And so everybody, I encourage you to check out his album, A Wonderful Letter. Uh, this is the man that um, live mixed the piano solos from I'm Different by Two Chains and Knocks Me <laughs> Off My Feet by Stevie Wonder. I never forgot it. It changed my life. All right, that's a wrap. Hey, thank you, thank guys. You. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to MHD Off The Record. And special thank you to Felicia the Poetess Morris of Morris Media Studios in Lamert Park. For more information, please visit MHDCD8.com and follow at MHDCD8 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to rate us five stars, subscribe, and share with a friend.